Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. You're listening to the Kings Cast Podcast. New episodes are released weekly. Follow on Twitter and Instagram at KingsCast. Like on Facebook and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy Smoke Shop on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. Uh, we are coming off of a really fun episode just last week where Ryan and I came on and had a little reaction show to the trade deadline and talked about how all the moves made and how all the moves not made would impact the Kings this second part of the season. Um, if you were looking for that or any of our past episodes, you can always find those streaming wherever you find your podcasts. So, as always, bringing in my co-host today, Ryan, what's good? What is up? Shout out. Uh, to Yeti mics, we just upgraded our mics. Um, so you, you know, you're. I'm probably you know gonna. It's gonna take a little getting used to. We we got these high quality mics now that me and Eric invested in, and uh, you know, there's gonna be times where I'm too close and 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 the volume might get crazy and stuff. But dude, super pumped about these. They're really cool. Now I don't have like a little dick hanging in my face. Um, I have a nice mic that goes right on the table. Um, so shout out to Yeti Mics. Really cool investment. Me and Eric, we're excited to, uh, to do the pod today. Other than that, it's been a good week. Um, I'm excited, excited to do the podcast today. Kings have been in kind of a, a little crapshoot the last four games. But as always, man, we're, we're really happy to be here. And, and let's talk about some stuff that's going on in Kingsland. Kingsland is always better. That's our motto, right? I, I don't know. I'm thinking about changing it. You know, the show for Kings fans, by Kings fans. And maybe doing it, uh, Kingsland is always better when the Kings win, you know, just because, fuck, man, the last, since our last episode, we were riding a high, Kings were looking good, they won a lot of games, people were excited, had a reason to be excited, and then since then, 0 for 4, a really bad loss against the Timberwolves, we can talk a little bit about these games, we're not, you know, I don't know, if you're just checking out Kings, Cass, Brian, I should say this, you know, for the, we, we've, pro- we've got a lot of new listeners, I can tell, over the last couple weeks. Um, Kingsland's growing. We've been just interacting a lot more. And then, the, you know, I check the numbers in March, Mar- the March numbers. I look at them all and we've been getting new, new, a lot of new listeners. So we're not really a, a game recap show. That's not what we do. We're not right. Right. We don't come in here and talk about the shooting percentage from games. It's not really our thing. Um, that's not that fun. You can read that and do what you will with that. Um, we like to come on here and just give our takes about, you know, hot topics, conversations, things are going on and just give our takes because sometimes there's a lot of bad takes out there, you know, Ryan, but man, like I said, it's always better when they're winning. And, and with the last week, man, ah, it's been a little bit rough, right? It's been a little bit rough with some of these games. I feel like we do have to address it and give our takes on it. 
No, for sure. We have to talk about that Minnesota game for sure. But, you know, the thing with the, you know, Kingsland's always better when the Kings are winning. I mean, you could fucking say that about any team, right? Like, hey, it's always better. Like, Eric's a Buccaneers fan, all right? And everybody knows the Bucs have sucked for the last 15 years, and they finally get over the hump with Thomas Edward Brady this year. And, hey, Eric's got a Tampa Bay shirt on today, and it's, hey, it's 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 always a good day when the Bucks are better or they win, right? It's so like I, when you put it into that kind of perspective, you, you can say that about anything. So I like you know for Kings fans, by Kings fans, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, man. Stop trying no, to change up our uh, our trademark. I re- I'm not going to change it. I, I'm not going to change it. It, it. it wasn't. It was. It wasn't serious. But you, you, yeah, you say that. But you know what the you know what the thing is? It's not so much that it's better. It's that when they lose. Man, it's it's more like King's King's social media really just sucks, and that's more what it is, right? And and and, and I'll get and I'll give you that. I'll give you that. So like the when the Kings lose, it's a real low, right? Like it's the lowest of the lows. But when they win, it never gets real too high. You know, you know, Kings fans are never too high. But that low, I'll give that to you, man. That low, that's like rock bottom. Every time they lose, it's rock bottom. Oh shit, playoffs are off. Fire, fire everybody. <laughs> Fucking We're fire them. We are you tanking. Know, you We're know what tanking. was really, yeah. Uh, well, we've we, we've done the episodes we know the blame game episode we did that one was fun um that was a couple weeks ago that was good um and, and we like to talk about good. some of those crazy takes that came out you know what was a really funny one it was after the trade deadline I never brought this up to you so after the trade deadline um i like to laugh at my own jokes i don't know i'm like that you know but so we were on there and, and it was um the kings had won their first game i think after the trade deadline and you know people were like well who are we going to blame for, for, for this win? And he, I said, Corey Joseph, because he just got traded. <laughs> I don't know. I thought that was hilarious, dude. Because <laughs> he was a guy who we, you know, I don't know. It just goes back to that blame game and blaming every player. Um, so, I don't know. I thought that was – I thought it was just a funny thing there. Um, but so, the, I, the, so, I got one go that's funny for you. Can I, can, I, can I chime in real quick? Okay, so oh, yeah. something that's funny. You're talking about blame games. So, like, it's, it, it's really obvious that – you know, people hate Buddy Heald in Sacramento. Like, they, they just hate him. So, he gets a lot of the blame, especially early on with his shooting woes. And I don't know if you remember this, dude, but people were legitimately calling for Daquan Jeffries to be in the starting lineup over Buddy Heald. And when he got released the other day, dude, remember I texted you and I was like, bro, I was like, not too long ago, people were advocating for this dude to be in the starting lineup, blaming Buddy Heald for Sacramento being terrible. So you, you're right, dude, that the, those hot takes that come in when the Kings are losing, it's the lowest of the low. Um, but that's like, that's what we, try, that's what we like to do here at, at Kings cast. You know, we try to put things into perspective and, you know, when people are giving crazy ass takes like that, you know, we try to be the guys that, Hey, Let's talk you back, you know, to the center. We'll never get too high, never get too low, and, and we'll keep things in a, in, a, in a good perspective. It's been – this has been probably one of the most interesting seasons in a while, you know, because there, there's those seasons – there's been those seasons in the past where they, the Kings go into the, into the season and people know they suck and they don't really have much talent to lean on, and it makes it no fun. But this year's just been really interesting because there is some real talent to lean on. And, and um, you, you, you know, we've spent a lot of time here on the show, Ryan, talking about the tank. that We did that episode like a couple episodes ago. I think episode 62 we did uh, about the great divide in Kingsland, right? Tank versus not tank, compete versus compete. And it seems like anytime there's a small winning streak, you have the people see we should have competed. You have a, a losing streak. Like you said, the sky's falling. We were right. We should have blown it up. Um, 
I think one of the things I wanted to bring up with you on the show today, I wanted to have a con- I think to have the, a conversation around this, right? We've done episodes on that blame game for the on the player. You know, people like to blame the players. You talked about Buddy Hill, friend of the show, Chris B. Shout out, Chris B. What's up, man? He he always puts on there the I hate Buddy fan club. You know, it's those guys. No matter what, you know, Buddy. The other day, Buddy Hill's the, you know, talking about that Timberwolves game, Ryan. I think he was the second leading scorer, eighteen points a game, three turnovers, tied with uh, two other players. I forget for Darren Fox, maybe Halliburton. Uh, you know. It's his fault, apparently, although, you know, Halliburton had you know, his points, nine points, I think. Rashawn Holmes didn't do it. So, so people, like, that's the thing about losses, right? It kind of conf- – it, it, it's affirmation for people, like, whoever they hate on, right? So whoever they hate on, it's like that affirmation for their take. And it may not necessarily be the case. The big one you and I stay away from is, is the Luke Walton thing. And I think this is where the conversation I wanted to take the conversation with you today, because anytime you get a losing streak this late in a season, um, especially when there's like, uh, uh, we talked about direction, direction here with the franchise is, hey, let's try to compete, right? And when you're when you've you've kind of stated that you want to try to compete, mm-hmm. and they have a losing streak, people start questioning the coach. They start saying, is he going to make it through the season? Should he be fired? All that. So I wanted to have a conversation built around like, you know, con- why, I, I don't know. Tell me, this is what I think. Tell me what you think, right? I think continuity within a roster is, is really, really important. And I think it'd be, a, I, I just think that as we're going to this b- back half of the season, um, you know, just I, I, I don't know. I, I, I value continuity and the struggle and just consistency with the lineup and honestly consistency with, see with the coach. And I, I don't necessarily think just because things go bad, you need to can everybody, you know? Um, what, what's, what's your thoughts on that take right now? I mean, I could dive deep into this, dude. Uh, is I that think, where I think, we're, is that, was that we're headed? I think it'd be good okay. to dive deep in, right, deep so, in this one. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, before I uh, before I dive deep, I'm gonna test out our microphone's uh, sensitivity. I'm gonna crack this beer. You, you oh wow, that was me. was that good? See, yeah, that was good for for everybody out in Kingsland. Okay, I literally drink beers every time we do this this podcast. Every time, and you guys never hear me open them, so you, you guys are gonna start experiencing that. But diving into into the Luke Walton situation, and you know, do we fire him? Do we? My whole thing is okay. Sacramento for the last 15 years has been was honest honestly they've been the worst team at player development 100% hands down the worst team at player development and I think a lot of that has to do with uh, you know the turnover that we have in in the front office the turnover that we have in coaching and um, you know it a lot of people right now, I saw a post today, you know, that Luke Walton, people are connecting Luke Walton to Arizona. He came out and said, no, that's not for me. I'm not doing it. I love being here. And a lot of people, you know, are calling for Luke Walton's head after these, this four-game losing streak. Hey, we need to fire him. We need to do this. And, and here's my counter to that. And here's my reason why I don't want to fire him. All right. So you have De'Aaron Fox, who's a budding superstar right now. Okay. And and I really think he he's that close to being a top five point guard in the league. Um you know, you, you would ruin his development at 23, okay? Him having to learn another system. You have Halbert, who's been in the league like, not even a year yet. You would, you would hamper his, his development and stuff like that. And, you know, I, I really think that with McNair being here and McNair not having the ability to have a full offseason last year, 
you know, the bubble ended and, and we were pretty much back into it a few weeks later. Um, I, I really think that Luke Walton deserves a chance to run it back next year with a full off season of Halliburton, you know, whether they decide to put him in summer league, whether he, you know, spring training and stuff, another season of Darren Fox. Okay. After, a, after a really a breakout season, um, another year of Buddy Heald, you know, another year possibly of Rashawn Holmes and the depth that they have. I really think that Luke Walton deserves that chance. I really think Sacramento should go in that direction. And, you know, when, when you fire a coach, dude, it's, it, you know, it's such a big deal, dude. It, you know, for a lot of us don't see it, but it, it ruins locker rooms. It ruins, you know, like Eric said, continuity. And, um, you know, Eric brought this up earlier when we were talking um, before we started the podcast, we were talking about the last two Kings coaches who, who have been fired. Right. And it, it was, you know, besides George Carl, that was a mess up, but you know, the Jaeger, the Jaeger hiring Jaeger was the, the coach of the, the grit and grind Memphis Grizzlies coach of the year guy. Uh, you know, and then Malone, he's in Denver now, thriving coach of the year type guy. And, um, you know, Sacramento really messed up on those two guys and they gave up on them prematurely, I think. And I, I don't think they need to make that same mistake, mistake with Luke. I think they need to give McNair, Luke Walton, De'Aaron Fox and Halliburton a full off season, you know, to get better. And I, I really think that they need to to keep him there until the until the all-star break next year. I don't know how you feel about that. Um, but I, I really believe that if, you know, you go out and fire Luke Walton right now, that's not fair to him. You know, he dealt, you know, in the few seasons he's been here, he's dealt with COVID. You know, he's dealt with the rebuilding roster, waiting on De'Aaron Fox to really become that guy what he's became this year. Um, you know, he's dealt with the, the offseason that he had last year. Um, I really think the guy deserves a chance to be here till the All-Star break last year. And I think if Sacramento does can him, I think it's going to stunt the development of Tyrese Halliburton. I'm um, not saying that he's going to be a bust or anything. He obviously is going to be a good player, but I really think that it could set him back a little bit, um, you know, him and I, and, and Marvin Bagley as well. Um, I, I really believe that. So I really think Sacramento needs to give Luke Walton a chance until, until next February. It, it's, it's, it's just, you know, the thing about it is that if you just clearly look at the record, you know, you you could see other people. You could see the take fire. If especially when you see the inconsistencies, it's very weird. The one the one of the weirdest things about this season is that it's been how how they go on these winning streaks and they go on these losing streaks. You know, it's very weird. A lot of teams, they're either bad or they're good or they're just kind of up and down within a game or two or two games one way or the other throughout their season. To go on severe streaks in one direction is weird, and um, you know I, I don't know. We're not at, at, here on the on the podcast. We've never really been blame the coach guys. I I don't. I'm not really. You know that's not the take I like no, to haven't. give. I think I think it's a lazy take in, in, in a lot of circumstances. Um, so I see I see where people are coming from. So if you if you look at that in a, in a vacuum. You know, I could, I understand. I understand where people are coming from. But that's where I think that, like we, we talked about to open the episode, is where we don't like to get too high. We don't like to get too low. We like to come in and just give our perspective and give a take. And I think anytime you talk about the Kings, you talk about you know sports, whatever, there's multiple uh, angles to everything, right? And 
And I think that looking, having a coach, it's, it's not just the coach. It's like you said, it's the coaching staff. It's the training staff. It's the philosophy. It's the goal. It's just people's uh, comf- being comfortable working with each other, how to work with each other. Um, I think it's really important when you have young players and player development to, to have continuity, right? So that's, that's, that's something that I think that has been pr- part of the problem with the Kings is that you have young players like maybe, maybe Luke Walton's not the long-term coach forever, okay? Maybe he's not. Maybe he is, maybe he's not, you know? Um, but what you do is you stick with him for a couple of years and you get, and you make progress throughout that time. That's why the whole tanking thing was always like difficult for me. Cause like you, you know, I, someone said this week, Ryan, Oh, you know, everyone's just overly, uh, hopelessly optimistic. And I said, I don't think we're hopelessly optimistic. I just think that I think there's more than one way to skin a cat, so to speak. And, and it, we don't really support blowing up the entire franchise. And that's the only way to get better. And by blowing up the franchise, it means trading multiple players and, and firing the coach. I think that does more harm than good. And that's why I've, you and I favor that continuity, right? Um, one, you know, one example is that when you, when, you know, any sports team, you know, we're big football guys. We talk about it in, in, in all sports, you know, coach, same coaching staff, same players, that continuity, same system. It allows for some, it allows for growth. And I, and you know, you say, why, well, why does that allow for growth? Well, because you have a player who knows his role within that system and he, and they know his, the strengths and their skill set, And then they're, they're allowed to grow within that role there right so they're at little add a little bit more add a little bit more ask a little bit more of a player from year over year right when you fire a coach that usually comes with a lot of different things that's why i said a lot of different angles it comes with multiple player transactions all right or then you then you end up with a player who's this new coach isn't utilizing in the same way an example buddy hill's a good example of that right would you would you say 100%. Rashawn Holmes, too. Rashawn Holmes is a very good example of that. You know, and, and there's no saying, you know, for all these people that want to get rid of Luke Walton and stuff, it's, you know, before Rashawn Holmes came here, and, and you've brought this up many times, before he came here, he was a journeyman, you know, average, below average player. And, and he's really thriving in Luke Walton's system. And there's no guarantee that you bring in another coach that they're going to want an undersized center. You know, an undersized center who, you know, really doesn't do anything elite, more of a hustle guy and very good player. But there is no saying that Rashawn Holmes thrives in another system like Luke Walton's. There's no saying that, you know, um, Darren Fox thrives in another system that he does in in Luke Walton. So, you know, a lot of people, you know, every for some reason in Sacramento, everybody wants to always fire the coach and always blame the coach. And, you know, there's a track record of, you know, you're wrong. You know, Sacramento's had a lot of coaches who have been in very, you know, very successful in the NBA, dude. Like people don't, you know, going back to like even Scott Brooks as the interim head coach, right? Scott Brooks went to the NBA finals. You know, you have guys like Dave Yeager, who's a coach of the year. Mike Malone, who's who's went to the Western Conference finals. And, and I think he was a coach of a year guy. Um, you know, so like there's a lot of dudes out there that Sacramento's let go in the, in, in, in the fan base, fire that guy, fire that guy. And they point fingers and they point fingers and, you know, I really think that Sacramento needs to stick with somebody for a few years and really, really give somebody a fair chance um, to come in, in here and, and win. 
you know, they, they halfway did it with, with Dave Yeager. I, I, you know, I kind of think they prematurely fired him. I think they should have gave him one more year. I really do. Um, but I understand why they went with, with Luke Walton. You know, they were, the Kings were coming off that 39 win season. Um, Luke Walton was known for his golden state, you know, run and gun Sacramento had the backcourt with buddy and Darren Fox. And, um, you know, I see why they did it, but I, I really think they need to do Luke Walton a service and they got to keep him here, man. They have to, you know, you go and fire this guy, who knows what kind of shit storm you're opening up for next year. Who knows what, you know, what kind of shit storm, who, what coaches he's going to bring in and all this stuff, you know, love, people love to love Alvin Gentry, but you know, if Luke Walton gets fired and they hire outside, Alvin Gentry is not going to be your assistant head coach no more, you know? So you, there's, you got to think about stuff like that. One team that did it really well was, was, well, the, you know, this seems to be the standard team for tanking. It's, it's the 76ers, you, you know, and uh, I'm not advocating for taking I'm not, And my point isn't that they did that well. I think that, I think that just happened because they were, they really were bad for that long, which we don't need to get into, into that, for example. All right. Um, but what they did is, is that they, um, they, they stuck with Brett Brown through that whole process. Okay. They stuck with him and they, they let him stick around. I did. did okay. Correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan. Did he stay through last year? Yes. They, yes. This, yeah. is, this is, this is, yeah, this is Doc Rivers first year in Philadelphia. So yeah. they let him, they let him, I mean, I don't, dude, I don't sit there and follow the Sixers all day, but you know, I follow the NBA and they stuck with that guy throughout that, you know, that quote unquote, that process. And what, and although they were bad and although they had young players, they, they started to hit when they got MB, they got Simmons, you know, even when they got Jimmy Butler, Okay, they started building a team. JJ Redick, am I correct on that? They got yeah, JJ Redick, yes. Among others, you know, um, when even when they 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 built the team up from shit, actually got a competitive roster. They still stuck with him, and and then finally, you know, the, his time came. And I th- I think you can only hold uh, one of the problems with the Kings is is this: you can only hold a, a coach accountable to the expectation realistic expectations and standards of your roster and your franchise right and if that coach isn't meeting that um and it's egregious that's where you can pull the plug right or it's been a significant amount of time then there's justification on that but currently luke like you said luke walton i mean since he's been here what they his free agent acquisitions last year Dwayne dedman you know, Corey yeah. Joseph, Trevor Ariza. Trevor Ariza. Those yeah. were his. Those were his free agent acquisitions. Yeah. And this um, year, Hassan Whiteside and Glenn yeah. Robinson. Like, come on. And the G League bench, you know, and then with a bunch of young players, you know, you're relying on. And then they've had injuries over the last years. Out even outside of Bagley, they've had injuries. That injuries to Fox last year. Holmes. Everyone forgets Holmes got injured last year for a significant yeah. amount of time. Yeah. Um, you, you know, so there there has never really been continuity with the roster. And I, I think that's where going into the year, you and I, we were anti-tank, but we're not. We have we're not, you know, um, like 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 that person said, uh, hopelessly optimistic. We are realistic. Like we said at the beginning of the year, the Kings are probably going to be on the outside looking in into the playoffs, just looking at the roster. Like that's yeah, what our, we, our predictions. Our, both of our predictions were they they missed the playoffs. Th- that's what we thought. So it's like so I look at it and it's like, d- d- is it Luke Walton's fault? Sure, I'm sure that no, I'm not his fault, but I'm sure that he 
he didn't do everything perfect. I'm sure there was questionable moves, okay? But at the end of the day, he still got – he needs to play with what he's got too. The guy has had changing rosters every quarter of the season since he, he's been here. You know, and so that's where, where for us, we going into the year, remember we talked about the defensive Buddy Heald episode, right? We were like, mm-hmm. guys, we just want to see them all together for some time. That, that's really what we want. You know, win, lose, make the playoffs. If they don't, okay. I, we just want to see them all together because when you have everybody playing together, that's where really people are comfortable in the roles. They know the rules. They know what shots they can take. They know what the, what their role is on the team. They know what their minutes are going to look like. They know when they're coming in, they're out of the game. And that's where you grow as a team. And that's where I reference back to the 76ers at what they did well. That's what they did well, right? Is they allowed that team to work together. Now, um, I, that's where I think it's just, it's going to do more harm than good, you know? And the thing is about the Kings, you, you started off your take by saying that the Kings have been one of the worst player development teams and it's totally true, right? You have, you you know, they've been constantly picking high in the draft. They get young players. um, And and you, you, you look at players like Marvin Bagley and you look at, I mean, Fox is just so good. He's, I feel like he's going to push through, any dysfunction, any bullshit, and still succeed and thrive. Hal Burton is just solid enough to where he'll probably be good. But um, outside of that, you know, even future players that are come in, if the roster's constantly shaking up, it's a problem. And I think here's one thing I'll ask you about player development, Ryan. It's the same problem with the Kings when they have players who come here who play above their – their skill level, like yep. Rashawn Holmes, for example, this is the same problem when it comes to player development for the Kings is because there's always this turnover from up the top turnover with coaching staffs. We said that also brings turnover within the roster and then they're drafting high. And then what people want to see these players start to play. They start to place expectations on young players to do more than what they're capable of. Okay. And a couple things come from that. They either fail because it's sink or swim or they get hurt because they're playing at volume or they, they just get booed out of town and they get moved and then they start making moves elsewhere. You know, even random guys, right? I'm like, I'm like Trent ran on him, you know, there's a random guy, but out yeah. of town, you know, and, and you look at Ben McLemore, a great example of a guy right away. You're starting to guard for like two years, right away. You're the guy, you know, Bagley right away right away you're the guy not and that's the problem when you fire everybody you don't have a deep roster you don't have continuity you can't bring guys along silly you can't find roles for people you can't develop your team man and it's a problem i think that if what would happen and this is why i've been such against a reset is what would happen is if that they fired luke walton and got rid of a couple of the veteran players they would bring in a rookie this year they'd fill the roster with whomever and then they would be chasing their tail for probably four to five years like the Timberwolves have. The Timberwolves have fired a shit ton. That's a, that's a model franchise to not follow. Like, they have fired multiple coaches. How many first-round, number one overall picks have they had on their roster? They might get it again this year. Still the worst team in the league, you know? And so it's one of those that you, you, you rely on a bunch of young players to eat minutes and you have turnover at the top because, well, they're not winning. Well, yeah, you know, no shit, right? Yeah, it, it you know the turnovers. There there has to be consistency, man. Consistency is key. You know, you look at all the top franchises in every major sport in America, 
And what do they all have in common? Head coaches who, who have been there for a while, right? Good player development. They have, you know, an ownership group that's committed to winning. And that's really, that's really the key, man. And that's why, you know, like we were talking about it earlier, dude, and I was thinking about it. And, you know, we, we've been seeing, you know, fired Luke Walton all year. And it's just like, for me, it's like, dude, you guys really want to go through that again? You know, you really want to go through, you know, a complete, you know, people don't understand the ramifications of that, dude. They just don't. They don't understand that that, you know, that involves scouts, that involves assistant coaches, that involves, you know, player development. And, you know, I, I just I, I just don't think that that's smart, dude. I, I really don't think that, um, you know, firing Luke is, is the best way to go. And it's like I said, man, people really need to put into perspective, um, you know, what Luke Walton has dealt with since he's been here, dude. And I, and I really think that if you give McNair a full offseason, because he's proven at the All-Star break that he knows what he's doing. Right, and I, I really think that if you give McNair a full um, off season to to get Halliburton right, you know, to to continue to expand Aaron Fox's game, um, you know, allow McNair to fill out the roster with legit NBA players instead of the G League uh, roster that he was forced to fill out um, in the few weeks that he was here before the season started. I really believe that Sacramento could could make that next step into the playoffs, and um, you know, for everybody you know, calling for Luke Walton's head, man, I, I really just encourage people to, to step back and, and really look at it in a, in a different lens and, and be real about it, dude. You know, there's no reason why we can't give Luke Walton, you know, till next February, what's it going to change? You know, what, what, what would, is it really stunting the growth of anybody if Luke Walton is here till next February? No, you know, I, I think the, the, you know, I, I really think that's a smart way to go. That's just the only way to put up. We're kind of, I'm kind of beating a dead horse here, but I, they need to keep. Yeah. Um, I'll ask you this, Ryan, that if, is there anything that can change your take though? Like if he, if he, if he really finishes out this season, like awful. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what, me and you talked about this yesterday. You know, there's a few coaches out there that, you know, if they become available, okay. Like I'm, I'm, I'm not an idiot. All right. Like if Brad Stevens becomes available, which is very possible because Boston's struggling. Um, if Brad Stevens was a guy to become available, if you're Sacramento, I would look at that. You know, I, I would really look at, okay, you know, you know, making a move for him. Um, outside of that, there's not a lot of guys out there, right? Like you, you, you look at me and you were doing it yesterday. We were trying to make a list. All right. Coaching experience. Who, who would be the guy to come in and replace Luke? And you know, the list, the list of, of veteran coaches is very small. Um, you know, you have guys like Jason Kidd. You, you know, people would be really high on just because he's Jason Kidd. Um, but there's not a lot of veteran coaching experience out there. There's guys like Chauncey Billups who have been, you know, a few years, people have talked about Chauncey being a head coach. Um, Kenny, Kenny Smith um, has been involved in some coaching stuff. And, you know, I, I really, I look at it, dude. I'm like, who, who would, who would, you know, who would, you know, potentially replace him. So the only person I would say would be um, it, that would change my take would be Brad Stevens, regardless if they sucked or not. Um, I think Brad Stevens is a really good coach. I, I really do. But if they do suck, I still don't think it would change my take. I don't. And so it's more I, for you. I would say more. It's more for you that the only way you would consider moving off if there was like a real prime can, 
yeah, prime candidate that you say, okay, shit, we need to go after that because nobody else is getting moved. But it's not, it's not their how they finish that you're kind of decided on that. No, I I think that I I think that they owe it to you know Darren Fox, Buddy Heal, those guys. I think they owe it to them to stick it out for another half a full off season. You know, if we would be if COVID never happened and we had the normal season we had last year, and, and Luke Walton had a full off season, and McNair was here the full off season, you know, my tune would possibly be different. But you know, you got to look at it. the circumstances that we were dealt with. McNair literally had weeks. Usually you have months, you know, he had weeks to put together a makeshift roster and figure out what are we going to do, you know, going into the season. And, um, you know, that, that affects Luke Walton. Look at Look at the, we've talked about it, dude. The starting five for Sacramento is a really good starting five. You know, they lack depth for the first half of the season. And that's not Luke Walton's fault. That's not Luke Walton's fault that we only signed Hassan Whiteson and Glenn Robinson. That's not his well, fault that he had Justin James coming off the bench. That's not his fault. Well, that's what I would I would say too is like if you if you're starting to look at the Kings uh, list out all the Kings problems this year, I would say Luke Walton is is kind of is a lot further down on the list, you know, and that's where the the common you know the the whole underlying thing on around this entire conversation you talked about Jaeger, you talked about Malone. It's like the constant thing here is really a ro- the roster. It's really the roster. It's, ta- it's, the it's talent that, level. Yeah, it's yeah. talent level. Yeah. It's it's really the the roster's never really played to, played together for any amount of time. I mean, that's where I when I throw back the question on people on this, it's like <clears throat> about that even tanking, firing coaches, even trading players. It's 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 always like, yeah, but like if they had the same exact. If they had, if they were the same seven to eight deep, and then nine, nine through eleven or nine through twelve was was up in the air, you know. But if they had the seven to eight deep for two straight years, and the same coach, what's 100%. the conversation? What's the conversation at that time, you know? And and I, that's where that's where I like to say I, I like to start there. You know, that's where I that's where I'd like to start. But that's the thing, like we said, Ryan, it's the blame game. It's the you know, people want affirmation on it's one player's fault. It's one coach's fault. It's one, it's Marvin Bagley's fault because they didn't, draft fault. A, they didn't draft a Luca. You know, exactly. it's, it's, it's the one thing where exactly. reality is just a lot of, it's a lot of everything. And, and, and it's something we're going to touch on, I'm sure into the off season. It's tough to get too deep right now because we're in the thick of it, you know, but it's, it is his belief that for some reason you need to tear everything down and get rid of everybody. And that's the only way to build. And I, I just think that's so false, right? hundred percent. And and one thing I really want to point out, and I haven't said this yet today is I'm in no way, shape or form advocating for Luke Walton to be the head coach, you know, five years from now, not at all, you know, but I'm advocating for him to be the coach for another nine months because Sacramento needs consistency. They need to be, you know, you, you, you need to justify firing Dave Yeager, right? Like, you know what? Why fire Dave Yeager if you're just going to flip around and give, you know, Luke Walton 100 games, 150 games and fire him? You know what I mean? Like, what's what's your justification for that? You know, you really need to put in the time and, and allow somebody the chance to succeed, right? Like, Sacramento's had how many coaches in the last 15 years? You know, 10 realist, you know, if you count interim head coaches and stuff. And it's like, allow somebody to succeed with the talent. And Sacramento has, you know, the talent that we're looking at and give that guy, you know, a chance to succeed. So um, again, you know, I'm not, I'm not advocating for him to be here five years from now, but 
um, you know, at least give him a chance, right? <laughs> give the guy a chance. And, and, and for everybody out there, like just calling for his head, it's like, that's ridiculous, dude. That's ridiculous. This, this is why Sacramento is a bad franchise. Exactly. This exact reason, because, you know, when circumstances go down like this and talent level is, is, isn't as high, they just automatically point the blame to hey, it's the coach, you know, Hey, it's, it's George Carl's fault. You know, Hey, it's, it's Luke Wilton's fault. It's Dave Yeager's fault. It's Mike Malone's fault. All these guys. And it's like, dude, that's not right. You know, put, put legit NBA talent around there, put a legit GM around there and, and we'll see how it goes. But I, I really think, um, if I had to predict, I, I think Luke Walton's here till at least the all-star break next year. I'd be surprised if he got fired. Continuity, consistency, and competitiveness. Yeah, see, that's a – Yeah, I came with a cheesy little, yeah. little thing there. But that, if, if you had to ask – you know, my, my thing is not is it, play, is it playoffs, is it – I mean, I obviously, I want those things, but that's been my thing all year. It's been Ryan's thing all year. I think it's our thing from here to the end of the season – and then, and we get to the off season, we're probably going to be preaching a lot, a lot of the same stuff, to be quite honest with you. Compete, right. Cause you, you always want to make moves to get better. I think they're at a point we, we talk about it all the time. And I feel like Ryan, because the takes are still out there that when we come on the episode each week, we have to plant a seed. Darren Fox is really fucking good. They have a couple of nice young players there. It's I, I really do think, and I'm not, I'm not the Homer, uh, the future's bright. I'm not that I, cause I fucking hated on that a couple years ago. We're not that, but in a real take, I think there's a lot to be, uh, to look forward to. It is just going to take a lot of these things that we, we believe, right. We believe that it's going to take a lot of these things to get there. We don't believe it's going to take tearing down and firing everybody to but, get there. And, and, and that's a good, that's a good point. We believe, you know, in hey progress, right. Each year you make a step, right. You know, this year, you know, we made a step with Darren Fox becoming a superstar. You know, next year, Halliburton makes that step into, you know, the next level of his play. More Buddy Heald comes yeah. back. Yes, Buddy Heald comes back. And, and you know, instead of 16, 17 points a game this year, he's back to 20 points. And, you know, Marvin Bagley's healthy and he can possibly take that next step. And depth, right? It, it's all about progress, dude. And, and, and that's how, you know, that's I'm a firm believer in that. You know, Sacramento has shown that the tanking doesn't work in Sacramento, right? Like they've drafted horrible. The track record for tanking is atrocious in Sacramento. So, um, and and I also think it's impossible to tank when you have a talent like Darren Fox on the on the court. Um, we've talked about that before too. But um, you know, progress, dude. Each year, hey, build on something, build on something, and that's why I think people get us wrong. People think that we're just, you know, oh, you guys would rather have the the twelfth pick instead of the sixth pick, and it's like. If it means progress, yeah, you know, like I understand where you're coming from and I understand you want that pick and you want these young players, but it's progress, right? Like Darren, you know, it starts at the bottom. Dude, Darren Fox isn't going to want to be here much longer if Sacramento goes into a tank mode, right? He's going to request a trade, you know, Sacramento sucks. It's a shitty franchise. I don't want to be here, you know, and then that's going to reflect on to, you know, Halliburton, right? And that's going to reflect on the person they pick this year and so on and so forth. And you're in this never ending cycle of shitty franchise tanking can't get out of their own way and and I, that's what progress comes in show darren fox right show your your budding superstar hey we're willing to compete we're willing to take that next step we're willing to invest in you and um that's that's where we're at with the tanking thing dude it's not you know it's not that other stuff is we just want progress right we want to show that you're willing to compete at at a high level with that they better fucking win tomorrow right they're playing the pistons the pistons are arguably the worst team in the league I mean, they just lost to arguably one of the worst teams in the league the other day. 
So I, I just hope that I hope the next the next couple weeks are better. There's still the hope for the tenth seed still out there. I'm not into. Thank you to all those all of you guys out there in Kingsland who are posting the you know Casey's big on it. There are this many games back. They need to do this because I don't have. I just can't keep up with that type of stuff. There's so much so many games going on, and I, I just care about the Kings are doing, and then see see where the chips fall where they fall. You know. So, uh, yeah. So, hey, guys, appreciate you listening in. If you ever want to interact or be part of the show, you can always do so by tagging us on Twitter and on Facebook at Kingscast Eric and Kingscast Ryan. And we're active primarily on our Facebook group, Kingsland. So, it's a public group. Join that. Uh, one thing I don't always do is leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts. If you can, slide down after the show, five stars. Let us know what you're thinking. Um, and stay up to date with the podcast by finding us anywhere at Kings Cast. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Kings. This episode was brought to you by Ziggy Smoke Shop, 209's headiest smoke shop. Follow them on Instagram at Ziggy Smoke Shop 209 for a view of all of their awesome inventory. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.